This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, a holiday world, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. DJ, it might be cold out right now where we are. I might have just gotten more snow, probably more snow than I've had in a long time already this winter. And I have my mind set to summer mode, tonight especially. Yeah, I do too. Uh, We've got about four inches, probably the first significant snowfall here. Uh, And I'm normally one who enjoys winter, um, but it's been so long since I've been to a park. I am also ready for summer. Yeah, so we're here today. We are talking about Holiday World and Splash and Safari because it is the return of our famously successful Plan a Park series where we consider a park, we talk about our memories with it, and we say, what would we do were we given the proverbial keys to the company car? And tonight, that is Holiday World and Splash and Safari, a delightful amusement park in southern Indiana. Yeah, very close to Evansville, Indiana. Um, Also pretty close to Louisville, Kentucky. I hope I said it like the locals do. Um, Close to even St. Louis in a way, and even Indianapolis. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the pronunciation of Louisville, because I too have been overthinking it, DJ. And we've done this independently of one another, um, try to figure out how to say the name of that city. I want to say it like the locals say it. But I know that it's probably not just Louisville. I know it's not Louisville because that would be chaos. But <laughs> do I put a little bit of flavor on it? Do I say Louisville? Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. 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 I'm going to have to do some field research and get back to you, DJ. But that is something that I have also been working on because I do want to embrace a city like I know what I'm doing. And so it seems like it's pretty straightforward just to say Louisville, but I don't think it's that simple. And so I'm going to continue to work on that outside of the podcast, and we'll compare notes again later on. But we are talking about Holiday World, not Louisville. 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 Enough. We're moving on. (laughs) Uh, It's like over in Tennessee by Dollywood, which I'd always called, how did I say, Cyberville, something like that. It's actually Cyberville. It's Cyberville. Severeville. Severeville. Uh, Okay. Yes. Well, we are here today to talk about Holiday World. Let's talk about the timeline of major moves that they've had in the last decade to sort of whet our appetite, get us thinking about what they've done recently, so that when it's our time to think about what we would do given the control, we have this to look back on. In 2012, that's 10 years ago now, DJ. How is 2012 10 years ago? (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) In 2012, they added Mammoth, which is a famously successful water coaster. It has those circular vehicles, rafts, I guess you should say, and it's consistently ranked as one of the best water coasters in the world. Uh, In tandem with Wildebeest, which was added a couple years earlier to their Splash and Safari water park, Um, also ranked up there at the top. In 2013, they added Hyena Falls, which was sort of, I wouldn't call it an embassy of Splash and Safari, but it was a consulate 
of Splash and Safari, if you get what I'm saying, where it did really expand the footprint of Splash and Safari within the greater holiday world land. Um, and so I, I can sort of see what they're going for there. When they added that slide complex and had a little splash area too, I think they built a separate bathhouse there as well, um, all the way past where there is now uh, Thunderbird, which was added a couple years later. So that was added in 2013. Uh, some things have changed since then in that area, but that is some uh, pathway that remains there as well. In 2014, they added Mayflower, one of their most extreme flat rides at the park there, because when we were looking at this park during the, the preparation of a DJ, we noticed that they only list two flat rides on the wild level of thrills, and it was Mayflower, which is a swinging pirate ship ride. And what was the other one? The other one's Liberty Launch, which is their oh, yeah. SNS um, power shot. And it's funny because Mayflower is not even a big pirate ship swinging ship ride. It's just your normal run-of-the-mill swinging swinging ship. Hey, but that can really subject you to some G-forces, especially, yeah, especially if you're in the not back. used to it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Now, that's true. Now, if I'm being honest, I do prefer this sort of pirate ship compared to something like... Uh, a looping starship from Intamin, where <laughs> oftentimes I have that cage above you and around you, and it, it does go all the way around, but you're hanging there on the restraints for so long. Uh, so I do prefer something like this, where you simply get that airtime. You feel a little bit of intensity at the bottom of the swing as well, uh, but it's a, a very solid ride, and it matches the area of Thanksgiving, which they had added and expanded on in that part of the decade. Now, that was 2014, but in 2015, they expanded on Thanksgiving again. What did they add, DJ? Well, they added Thunderbird, and I have not been at this park since 2009, so I've not been able to ride this ride. Um, some folks would claim that this is the best B&M wing coaster for a few reasons. One, you have a launch. I believe it's B&M's only wing launch coaster, and the amount of launch coasters they have in general is very small. Um, but also, I think there's only five or six cars per train. It might be five. Um, I think so it's five. Wait, five, I have the so blueprints in my room. Let me look. <laughs> it's five. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that shorter train allows them to do much more you know, tighter elements like you'd see on a typical B&M, you know, compared to like something like Gatekeeper where you have these long, drawn-out elements and it loses speed. But cool moments on that ride. Hope to get on that sometime. And 2016, we really didn't see anything. But 2017, I believe they added a, a flat ride over in 4th of July. Yes, this was a Calypso-style ride that they had refurbished beautifully. Uh, they did have this whole big series of their recreation of this historic attraction uh, and then making it firecracker. And so that was a nice touch that they added in the 4th of July area. 2018 saw them add Tembo Falls. Yeah, and these are junior water slides that really do round out the offerings of Splash and Safari, which is widely considered as one of the best water parks in the country, maybe even the world as well. They have the big stuff with the water coasters, and in adding Tembo Falls, they really did add uh, something for the little ones to begin their journey of thrills with water rides at Splash and Safari 2. Yeah, and Splash and Safari even serving as kind of this almost like a playground or like a prototype area for Pro Slide. And I think that's evident with almost every major water slide they put in, including in 2020, uh, Cheetah Chase. This is that Pro Slide dueling what they call launched water coaster. And you might say, what does that mean? Uh, most water coasters, if not all, you know, they're at an angle going up when they're propelled by either a lot of water or magnets. 
Uh, and in this case, I believe Cheetah Chase starts from zero to nothing, and it's pushed at like 15 or 20 miles an hour or something like that. Yeah, I have not yet been able to ride a water coaster yet in this sense. Uh, I'm very intrigued, DJ, because I know that they are becoming more and more common. I know that Splash and Safari has a ton of great ones, including Mammoth, Wildebeest, and now Cheetah Chase. And I am so intrigued at the technology behind propelling this raft of people up an incline and then going through this layout. It really does interest me. So the next time that I visit Holiday World or uh, another park that has a water coaster, that is definitely going to be on the top of my list. Because if I'm being honest, DJ, I may have neglected water parks before. If I'm on my way to riding coasters at a park and I only have one day, I might not even look at the water park, but I think that's going to need to change for me pretty soon because all these rides look incredible. And they're never been on a water coaster ever. I have not. No. Wow. Yeah. I went on Krakatau at Volcano Bay. It's one of the coolest ride experiences I've ever had. I mean, even factoring roller coasters in, it's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I keep hearing people say great things about it, so I know that I'm going to need to change my, uh, yes. my my goals sometimes because I, I see the coasters, and that's what draws me to a park, but sometimes there's just so much more there, and I know that I need to observe that when I visit new parks. Yes. In 2021, and we did cover this early on in our own podcast, DJ, when we were talking about what's happening for the 2021 season back in the day, the Raven got some pretty significant track work and uh, even a, an entire section of it rebuilt from the ground up by the Gravity Group. And this made what is already considered one of the greatest wooden coasters out there, which was originally built in 1995, even better. I would encourage you, dear listener, to listen to our previous episode with Michael Graham of the Gravity Group, an engineer over there and founder of the company whose real roller coaster journey really blasted off after riding the Raven when it originally opened. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the Gravity Group, the Holiday World is continuing to do work with them. Of course, they did build a little coaster called The Voyage. I'm not sure if you've heard of Mm. it, DJ. Yeah, very small uh, coaster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With Holiday World in 2006, but they have continued their relationship with them. And right now, they are continuing to retract some of the legend as well. Um, to I don't know if they're the extent of what they're doing. I don't know if they're adding their new track or or not. Their prefabricated could be could track, be. but yeah, th- there's a, a lot of good things going on at Holiday World. They're taking care of their wooden coasters, and it's time, DJ, for us to give some of our thoughts about the current Holiday World and Splash and Safari experience. What do you think about it, DJ? Well, you know, the last time I had been at this park was 2009. Um, And I I liked going. Um, I think I had been four times up until then. I haven't been back since 2009, but we had some, basically some friends that were so close to our family, we just called them family. We still do. Um, So that was something, when we would visit them, we would go out there and uh, go to Holiday World. And I was was young back then. And, um, you know, I think before 2009, the first time we went was 2005, maybe, before the voyage existed. Mm. Um, And I remember just... Absolutely loving the Raven, um, absolutely loving the Legend. If you were to ask me today, I actually prefer the Legend a little bit over the Raven, but that's Whoa. just pers- personal preference. Okay, personal that's preference fine. there. I love they would. I don't know if they still do it, but they would ring the bell as the Legend would dispatch, which was really cool. Um, 
I'm also not as much as I used to be, but I used to be obsessed with Halloween as a holiday. So the fact that there was an entire land at a amusement park, which I also loved amusement parks themed to Halloween. I was like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course I was able to ride the voyage the year it opened. And that was, uh, that's as close as I've gotten to euphoria or Nirvana, I would say as an elementary school kid. Um, I just could <laughs> not believe that a wooden coaster did what it did. I didn't really know. I hadn't seen a POV of it. I don't think if they even, I'm sure they existed, but hadn't seen a POV. And I remember all the tunnels seeing as you know, you walk up to the ride and thinking, wow, this is, this is crazy. And then there's a tunnel in the queue line with the plexiglass. And I was like, Whoa, it's right there. There's the coaster. And it was super loud. And I remember riding it and thinking it was super long. And I didn't know about that 90 degree turn that it does. And it's turnaround out in the woods. That took me by surprise. Everything took me by surprise. But lots of gyms at this park, too. Gobbler Getaway is one of my favorite dark rides. It's such a cool concept. Yes, in the Thanksgiving section. This is Holiday World, so there is a Thanksgiving section to this park. There's even a cafe between the Voyage and Gobbler Getaway where they serve you Thanksgiving dinner, if that's something you want. There's a random... uh, We might even talk about this. We're talking about chopping block things, and I don't want to... Um, spoil it, but I remember there's a raft ride that we might take a look at that doesn't really fit a theme of anything that's kind of in between Fourth of July and Thanksgiving. Um, Fourth of July is cool. Uh, Christmas is where you'll see like your your kitty rides along with um, Holodogs area. I can't think of the name of that area, um, but also Holodogs Fun Town, something Holod- like that. Let me look. Yeah, it's fun something. Um, that's where you have your kitty rides, uh, and then you know Halloween, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving you know, dispersed in there and peppered throughout, um, you'll find your mild to your wild flat rides. Um, but all of your coasters are in Halloween except for the Voyage and Thunderbird. So I hope to get back and go to Thunderbird. I think technically Holiday World is probably would be my home park. I think I'm closer to Kentucky Kingdom maybe, uh, or maybe Kings Island, but definitely a park I'll get back to. And you you touched on it earlier, Chris. Um, Splash and Safari is, I think maybe second best water park in the country. I can't speak on the world. I would say Behind Volcano what? Bay. Volcano Bay, 100% okay. is better. Mm. Um, I mm. think. I think the rides are better. Um, How many water th- coasters does Volcano Bay have? One, and I think it's the best. But I haven't been on Holiday Worlds, so the okay. fact that you have all these near misses, it's inside a volcano, it's nuts. Um, and then the, the, the service you get at Volcano Bay is just something that's unbelievable. But um, Splash Safari is great. Um, Bakuli's awesome. That's your toilet bowl. Zynga is your cone-shaped huge bowl ride. You have the water coasters you talked about. Uh, And then there's one ride that people sleep on, and I think it's one of the best, personally. Um, And it's kind of this large, giant, purple tube slide. It's called the Zoom Bobway. Um, It's pitch black the entire time. And it's this giant family, four-person, six-person circular raft. And it's just so disorienting. You have drops, turns. It's completely dark. The only thing you have are, you know, in some water slides, you have these, like, bullet holes, I call them, where you you have, like, a little instance of light just from the outside light. What they do is they turn them into these cool African masks um, every now and then, which is a cool experience. Um, So I think that the fact that you get both of these parks for the same price... You get free sunscreen and free Pepsi products, which we haven't mentioned. Unlimited, as much as you want. I mean, they're small. I mean, it's not like a huge 44-ounce cup, but it's free. Um, you can go to the 
snack shacks and pay and get a larger cup. But it's like, why would you? Yeah, I have only visited Holiday World once, and it was for one day because I was passing through the area, and I said, wow, I'm going to be pretty close to Holiday World. I need to go. And this this was in 2015, I think. So, of course, Thunderbird was new, and I was amazed, DJ. You said it, free parking, free soft drinks. I am a Pepsi person when compared to Coca-Cola, so that was all right with me, especially because they had Gatorade there, too. I'm the same. So, I'm the same. I'm also a Pepsi, Pepsi fan. Yeah, I mean, to, to have Gatorade there for free when you are in the park and a hot summer day was incredible, and it just really seems like it's a really great experience. I would say, DJ, that they have the best one, two, three punch of wooden coasters anywhere. I mean, I'm trying to think of other parks that might be in the conversation. Maybe Kings Island, because they have the Beast, Mystic Timbers, and the Racer. But, I mean, that's yeah. not as... You, yeah. you can't compare that to the Legend, the Raven, and the Voyage. And the Voyage. I mean, the Voyage because, kills literally anything. Yeah, because these coasters are so legendary to borrow the term that you do put the article the in front of them for a lot of coasters you don't what coaster is that oh that's flight of fear that's flight of fear there's no the in front of it if you're saying it right but with holiday world it's different because these coasters have more of a gravitas to them yeah and i mean anything comparable to these experiences i mean what, what what could you think of like boulder dash would be something um I mean, I'm just thinking of other rides that could maybe stack up to it. Some GCIs, people will say, well, every RMC, wooden RMC is better than these. But, I mean, that's a totally different thing. I mean, you've got the prefabs like El Toro. Yeah, maybe the Beast after this work that the Gravity Group is doing on it right now. Maybe. Because they are reprofiling areas. They're adding their new track. But, you know, one thing, one thing I think you need to mention, too, is that a one-day admission in the peak of summer to this park is $55, and sometimes it's 60 on a weekend. So you're also getting this insanely huge value. Um, if you're going during like the spring, um, I'm finding ticket prices here for $35. So $35, hey. if you go in May, um, $35 for this one, two, three punch, like you said, potentially the best B&M wing coaster, if not a top 10 B&M overall, I think I think it's great, and then you get the water park too. As long as it's not too cold, I mean that's that's incredible value. Yeah, I think that Holiday World does a really great job of putting out a great product for their guests. But like any park out there, there is room for improvement as well. And I think there's just a couple points that we'll talk about here because, like we said, they already do so much really great. But in the past decade, a sleeping bear has reawoken, or I don't um, know about the, the Louisville, Louisville, here we go again. Louisville. 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 Uh, equivalent, but there is a, another competitor just about an hour away now with Kentucky Kingdom. They are now back in business, and they have been spending yeah. big since they reopened in 2014, and now they're a part of Hershen Family Entertainment as well. I would be more concerned with the Hershen aspect of that, I think. I mean, still, they were pumping in money, but it was still, at least from you know the family friends that we had, they never really considered Kentucky Kingdom as, yeah, it's just not worth it. We'll go to Holiday World instead. Yeah, but now that Hershen there, they're adding the cinnamon bread. That's there now, too. <laughs> cinnamon they bread. Have, you've got the RMC. Yeah. You've got the Hyper GTX. Yes, they have a great Gravity Group coaster there and Kentucky Flyer as well. An SLC have, that's worth the drive. 
That's a joke. <laughs> An SLC that's worth the drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, T3, soon to be T4, T4! or whatever else they call it. T4 gang. T4. Yeah, it's going to change the world when it comes. But yeah, that is more competition in the area. Even if Holiday World has been there since before Kentucky Kingdom, they've been there since after they closed and reopened, Holiday World is definitely an established product there. But Kentucky Kingdom is new and exciting. So that is definitely something that they have to be aware of with people in that area looking to spend their entertainment dollars. Dollywood, too. I would say that Dollywood going big, because in this last decade, this has sort of been... The year, I mean, not the year, the, the decade of Dollywood, because they've added the Dream More Resort. They have more plans to expand their resort as well. They're going to add a luxury campground maybe at one point to... And to be fair, Kings Island is within a close drive as well. Yes, and, and like I said there too, they have a Great Wolf Lodge right next to it anyway. I know that not that's not part of Kings Island, but that, uh, still that great scratches lodging. the water park itch during the mm-hmm. winter. If a family wants to go somewhere and, and go on some tubes, they do have Camp Cedar, which just opened this year at Kings Island as well, which is a luxury campground too. So there is more competition out there to try to take out some of the entertainment dollars that people are willing to spend in that maybe tri-state area, quad-state area, quad-state area. So there are a lot of reasons that Holiday World needs to continue to be on their game moving forward. Um, Another room for improvement point of information I would have here would be the Pathway to Thunderbird. There is some space there where maybe they had had a former attraction there too, but there is definitely a lot of room that they could play around with there. And I think, is this going to be more Thanksgiving? Is it another holiday? I think we're going to have some fun discussing what could be there in the future, in the next five or so years. But uh, that is something that is uh, that they could work with as well. And remember, before we started this and we were planning this episode, I said, how do you even get to Thunderbird? Because I was thinking back in my mind how far back it is. And you told me that's quite a hike up a hill to get to it. It is. So if you really sort of built up the park on the way there, I think that could really uh, make things turn out pretty nice in Holiday World, too. But on to the must-dos. Now, these are a lot of things that uh, are must-dos for any park. There are ways to improve the guest experience, but also some more Holiday World-specific must-dos as well. you got to increase the number of reliable, high-capacity attractions, remove underperforming attractions, just the basics, really, looking for reliability, satisfaction, capacity, and modern technology as well. You also generally want to increase the number of all-ride attractions that anybody can go on, because if you're looking to bring the whole family to a theme park, you need to have something that everyone can do. It's not okay anymore to put maybe the grandparents on the bench while the kids ride a coaster and the parents are just sit there waiting to do something. That's not okay anymore, and that's the move that a lot of parks are trying to make, where they're adding these rides that maybe aren't the most high thrill attractions, but there's something that the Holick family can experience together. So that is definitely something that we should look for when deciding on the future of Holiday World 2. Yeah, and I think another must-do here is really polishing up the experience. And I think when we say a broad term like that, I think what we mean here is really creating an all-inclusive experience, one that's very cohesive. Uh, Holiday World, at least to me, has always seemed like it's trying to be a theme park, but it's Not quite. It's still, honestly, an amusement park when you go. At least it gives me that feeling. So really polishing it up, 
um, again, back on the whole technology side of things, offering things that are state-of-the-art technology for the guest experience. Um, and maybe even with this, there's even more of a look at the, a rebrand of the entire park, not changing the name. But, you know, that logo's been oh. around for quite a while. <laughs> It's a classic, DJ. It's an American classic. Yeah. Uh, but another thing that's a must-do, I think they really need a bridge coaster between the Howler and the Raven. Mm. The Howler mm-hmm. is in Holodog's Fun Town, and that is a, a little coaster that goes around in a circle, that sort of thing. Uh, the Raven is a dynamic, thrilling roller coaster, which is incredible. But it, it can be a lot if it's your first major coaster. It definitely can. I mean, this is a ride that when it opened, and for many years following after it opened, the Raven was consistently being ranked number one wooden roller coaster by the Golden Ticket Awards. Now, we can talk about the Golden Ticket Awards. All we want to say is it, you know, a good award or whatever. But um, I do have to say that it is a great ride. Again, I said I prefer the Legend a little bit more, so that's also a great ride. And the Voyage is perhaps the best wooden roller coaster ever created, depending on who you're talking to. So... Going from those three, along with the Thunderbird B&M launching coaster, which has multiple inversions, I think it has four, and it has a launch, um, those are quite a big step to go from the small Howler up to something like those four other coasters. Definitely. So those are things that we really need to think about when we are deciding on the future of Holiday World and Splash and Safari. Let's move on to the fun part, DJ. I mean, of course, this whole thing is fun for us, and I hope it's fun for the listener, too. But the really fun part is writing our wish list. These are things that we might want to consider adding to Holiday World and Splash and Safari. Now, we're not attaching any dollar figures to this, so this isn't really saying that this is everything that we want. This isn't really a realistic list of what we want to add, but it's things that we think maybe Mm -hmm. we should consider. And I would even add that you know, if we want to talk about dollars, and we won't, but I mean, this park, as small as it is, they have a LSM launching B&M wing coaster, and they have the Voyage, a gigantic monstrosity of a roller coaster. So it's not that price isn't an object here. Um, I mean, they could afford quite a quite a few things. I mean, they're putting money into these launch coasters every year with the water coasters. I mean, there's plenty they could do. Yeah, so let's get into our wish list. First thing here right now, I know that we're thinking about that bridge coaster, and I think a great way to begin to bridge that gap is with something like a Vacoma Family Boomerang. I know that Gerschlauer has a similar product, like uh, Rewind Racers Mm -hmm. at Adventure... Land Park, Something no, like Adventure that. Park in uh, Buena Park, California. I drove past it for a year. How do I not remember the name of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that kind uh, of race style looking roller yes, coaster. Where it does have two little spikes that it drops. It is a shuttle coaster as well. I think that that is something that could really begin to bridge that gap because it has multiple forces that change here and there. Now, again, that would be more on the side of the Howler than the Raven. So maybe that's something that would begin to bridge the gap, and maybe we work on filling that gap again. But that is the first thing on our wish list, to begin to think to bridge the gap between the Howler and the Raven. Now, I'll tell you where my mind was going. I was going to maybe even an Intamin family-style coaster like 13, or even something like a Zier um, sort of um, family-style coaster there, too, with maybe something like Verbolton, something with a drop track, oh. uh, maybe a little launch. Um, I think that would be a great way to get in between known versions, of course, keep it under 45 miles an hour. Um, that might be a good bridge. 
I can see it now, DJ. The train is designed like Thanksgiving dinner plates. We'll, we'll make it spinning, too. But and it's whizzing through this giant Thanksgiving <laughs> feast. And, and at the end... And you end, dive into some mashed potatoes. <laughs> I went in a slightly different direction with this. I said, oh, now we're in the kitchen. There's the sink. And then, <laughs> boosh, we go into... Oh, wow, what if we made this sort of like the new... Zamperla big waves uh, drop tower flat ride where they splash. I, uh, I can't like even a, explain it's it. It's like a, it's like an axe cutting into a huge body of water, yeah. and this water shoots yeah. everywhere. I mean, I was when we were looking at what they had at this park. I was thinking, oh, we got to take out the octopus theme to Paul Revere. It looks like they took that out. So I think a Paul Revere theme is open for us. Yeah, I mean, now I know this wasn't on our wish list when we were planning but this is how this always goes i mean this was inevitable it might make a lot of sense to add the big waves flat ride to splash and safari because this is a ride that zamperla has been talking about for a while there's a lot of interactivity that they can add to it as well sort of gamify the experience and where you're you pulled up there are two or so rows of people that are pulled up and you go up and down and up and down. Sometimes when you go down, it'll be a big splash into the water. And sometimes the wave can be crafted so that it splashes the people around the, the ride. Sometimes they craft the wave so it splashes the people who are on the ride. And I think that there could really be something there for a splash and safari because that would be the first of its kind... Well, I don't know, because I think there are long-term plans to add that to Coney Island as part of Luna Park, but maybe this could be the second in the U.S. I don't think they have a non-prototype version of it constructed yet. Right now, I think it's still in the foothills of Italy uh, with all the other cool next-gen uh, Zamperla rides that, that they, uh, they tease and show videos of, but I think that is something that we should uh, consider. And while we're on the Zamperla roller coaster train... Um, let's also think of some other offerings they have, and let's put on this wish list a whole refresh of really the suite of small family flat rides that they have in Christmas. Um, I think some of these rides are even original to the park. Um, that's how old they are. And there's not a bad, anything wrong with that and nothing bad to be said about that, but as we're looking at what we want to change, we want to introduce new technology, we want to be on the cutting edge side of innovation, uh, we want things that have higher capacity, I think we should definitely look at some sort of suite of rides to maybe refresh Christmas, doing maybe the Hershen treatment where we go in and buy a group of eight or ten rides and just plop them in and get the big mega discount. Yeah, and it comes back to something that the parents can ride with their children. If you look at the little Hampton spinner rides that go around in a circle, and they're in my kitty kingdom at Cedar Point, uh, where they just go around in a circle, and you can't ride it if you're over 54 inches, that's something that the, the kids might like, and I know that there would be nostalgia tied into that too, but again, the future is something that parents can ride with their children, and that is what a lot of these Zamperla flat rides do. So I think that is also something that we really should consider. Next, DJ, I know we've been talking about bridge coasters, things that the whole family can do. Let's go for something splashy here. Let's talk about the mock power splash, which is... 
An incredible looking flume ride, DJ. Is it a coaster? Is it not a coaster? Is it a water coaster? I don't know. It's a coaster. It's a coaster coaster because it uses the exact same track as their water coaster. Yeah, okay. Where it goes and it has the the magnetic launch. You've got like two wheels on the bottom. You've got two wheels or four wheels or something like that on the sides up top. There's some upstop wheels on there as well somewhere on the on the ride. But there's a turntable version of this that actually Six Flags Over Texas decided to add after they built the ride because um, they realized probably, oh, the capacity is going to be terrible in the heat of Texas. But yeah, you essentially board a, a boat similar to your splash boat ride while at the same time another Another boat is being launched forwards, up a spike, kind of a camelback hill as well. Backwards over the camelback, up another spike, forwards again, fourth one more time, and as you're launched backwards up the final spike for the fourth time, a pool of water that you've been cresting over very lightly fills just enough to where on that final trip down the vertical spike, uh, you create a huge wave, and then your magnets carry you over the camelback back to the turntable go back to the station. I think the concept is incredible. I know it's incredible because Intamin's already replicated it <laughs> and said, here's our version uh, with inversions. <laughs> um, and so I think the concept's great. We know that it works. Uh, there's a version over at one of the Wallaby parks in Europe. And like I said, Six Flags Over Texas has their own version. Uh, why not put it here? Uh, maybe even in the spot known that was known as Pilgrim's Plunge at one point in time. Well, DJ, do we go even further and add a loop to this layout? Or is that, that's crazy. I, mean, I don't know that the mock the ride list, can do it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think the Intamin version can, but I, I'm almost certain the mock version couldn't do it as it stands. Okay. Again, this is just the wish list. We're just throwing things out right now. Yep. Yep. Let's well, go let's big get another time. Let's, <laughs> let's get crazy. Let's get crazy, DJ. Let's not, we're not being weighed down by price tags or realism or anything. This is just our wish list right now. And recently on the Twitter, you shared a video of a new roller coaster out there that's uh, Phonics? Phonics? What's the name of it? I don't it's know the pronunciation. Roller coaster. I, I think it's just wherever this ride is at, it's this Vacoma. Um, Phoenix coaster, and I think that language, that's just how they spell Phoenix. Um, but I had okay. to get a specific O before I posted that, and I made sure I was right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw that POV in one of the groups that I'm in, and I was like, oh, I need to share this to the page, because I doubt people had seen this one. It's where someone did a deep dive. It wasn't on the parks page or anything. And it's one of those new Vacoma looping coasters with what looks like the comfortable lap bar restraints, no over the shoulders. Um, it has this just wild... Um, barrel roll zero G thing in the station, similar to like a GCI flyover, but it goes over the folks in the station while you're waiting. Plenty of negative G's, um, plenty of floater air, wacky inversions. You'll have this huge loop, and then the other half is a small loop that twists back in on itself. Straight down wow. drops, twisting drops. Um, it just makes you just wonder, like, who who did they hire at Vacoma? <laughs> like, or and how do pro- we get that here? <laughs> yeah, what promotion happened? And so, yeah, I think that's what we need in the United States. And I sometimes wonder um, if the old reputation of Vacoma is still there, and pe- the people who actually are going to have to inspect these things and work on these things, and they're just scared. And that's that's fair. They think, well, Vacoma makes boomerangs, and that's all they do. And um, not anymore. That's not that's not true. No. At least from these POVs, um, these things are crazy these things are wild and you can look at energy landia and see like three or four of them yeah it's incredible to see the new coasters that they're putting out right now and were this style of coaster to come to holiday world 
hmm, I don't know if I would go for all the loops and the intense thrills with that. I might try to get that style of coaster, but then make it like an Intamin Megalite, where there's a lot of pops of airtime, some tight twists and turns, but maybe only like 80 feet tall. I think that's something that would really fit well with what else they have at Holiday World. And of course, it wouldn't be tall as Thunderbird, but it doesn't need to be, and it wouldn't be tall as uh, uh, the Voyage as well, but it would pack a punch in a small footprint too. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you're just wanting a Megalite, just let's get a Megalite. From Intamin? Yeah, let's just get the T-Bar Megalite, just pop it in somewhere, get the cable lift, high capacity. Why not? A cable lift? Now we're talking about expensive. <laughs> Again, okay, I wasn't being fair right there, and I apologize. We're not talking about money right now, DJ. This is our wish list. But, yeah, hey, maybe. Maybe a Megalite. Maybe, maybe. Well, let's keep up the maybes and talk about a single rail. I mean, we've now seen that Intamin can do it. Um, and Intamin's version of the single rail uses a friction wheel launch, so that's less cost. Um, again, cool moments of inversions, negative Gs. They look awesome. Uh, and then, of course, the RMC single rails we've seen outside of Jersey Devil, um, those look extremely intense. Um, I wonder if maybe the RMC single rail, um, at least in the form of Wonder Woman and Trailblazer and Stunt Pilot, if those might be a little too intense for a park like this. Yeah, that really could be the case, and hmm. But the voyage is I right the, there, so. Yeah, the voyage is there, but the voyage is drawn out and majestic, yes. and that's sort of like classical music. The RMC single reels are like metalcore. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but it's like rah, it's in your face. Uh, whereas the voyage is majestic. It's a prog rock experience, is what <laughs> voyage would be. It's like a dream theater song, thirteen minutes long and different movements. Okay, yeah. So that's, I mean, then again, you could styles. pop the single rail trailblazer thing right in Fourth of July. You don't need much land. Boom. Yeah, just name the coaster America. <laughs> I think that would work. Henry Ford, the ride. <laughs> yeah, but when thinking on our wish list about rounding out the ride selection of Holiday World outside of the roller coasters, there are also some options as well. The Scream and Swing from SNS. That is a incredible ride, tons of airtime. It's a swing, but it's enormous. And looks awesome, sounds awesome. It is air-powered. You can see your family members riding it as they're, you know, in the sky huge. You get some awesome pictures. And I think the same goes for, like, a Zamperla Giant Discovery. I mean, a huge Frisbee-type ride. Um, we're talking about, again, adding flats. And there's only two listed flats on their website that the park considers wild. A, a double space shot and a small swinging pirate ship. And so I think either of these would do very well at this park. I think it's just a matter of land. And do we want the giant loud scream and swing? Or do we want the kind of clickbaity giant discovery? Or do we do both? Hey, why not both? <laughs> why not yeah, both? I'd... Now, I think this next entry here, I'm going to let you take this, Chris, because I, I see this written and I always think, oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, with our wish list up to this point, for the most part, we have neglected Splash and Safari. And I think that, of course, it seems like every couple of years they are expanding and adding on to what is already an incredible selection of water attractions there. What else could they have? What do you give the person that has everything? The answer is a slide wheel from Whitewater and Vegan. And 
Ooh, say <laughs> that second company again, how you said it. Vegant? Oh, that sounded great. Keep going. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's fulfilled by Whitewater now, and I think there's one model of it in China right now, yes. and they're constructing one as we speak in the Wisconsin Dells area, too. So this wouldn't be the first in the United States, but I think that if this is... Like, I don't know if this is going to become something like a pro slide tornado or a Dropbox mm. slide thing where every water park that's anybody is going to have this, like a mat yeah. racer. I don't know if this is going to be that sort of ride because of how enormous it is and, how, and the cost of constructing and maintaining it. That's a lot of moving parts, DJ. And I still don't quite understand how it works, but it looks incredible because it is like a mess a tangled knot of water slide that rotates like a ferris wheel and i don't know if there are block sections within that because of the way that it's designed surely it has to be something like that but it just looks incredible they can dictate the thrill level of it by how fast they rotate who knows, TJ? In the next five years, maybe this becomes the next big thing that goes into every huge water park. Or maybe not. We're definitely going to see how it goes up in Wisconsin, but that I would add to our wish list as well. I'm going to add something to the wish list here for Splash and Safari. Um, and for me, it's potentially a Dropbox or a floor falling, whatever you would call this, one of those body slides where the floor falls out from underneath you. Uh, you're put in like this ominous, honestly, plexiglass coffin, if you want to call it that, um, where it's just you and your thoughts. Uh, sometimes there's a countdown, sometimes there's not. The floor falls from underneath you, and there's really no other feeling like it. Um, I think even on some free fall rides, um, it doesn't replicate the feeling that this ride does. And I think we're at Splash and Safari. All of our water coasters have some sort of record, so I think we need to go for a record. And maybe on our wish list, we put the Dropbox slide that is the tallest uh, free body slide in the world. So I believe that's beating, um, at least in the USA, Volcano Bay slide. And then um, I think, is it Carnival Cruise has some sort of island that you stop at and they have the current um, tall water slide record? Oof, that's tall, dude. That's like, I think at their private island, best day at Coco Key. So that would, yeah. uh, that, I, I mean, just looking at Volcano that structure. Volcano Bay is 200 feet. I could, oh. be, I could be wrong. <laughs> wow. That might be tough to beat. <laughs> but they're definitely at least considering the Dropbox slide technology. Uh, it's been around for oh, a I'm, little over the past decade or so. <laughs> Say again? I'm, I'm very wrong. It's 125 feet. I'm like, there's no way it could be okay. 200 feet. But still, um, I've done the Volcano Bay experience, and that is a whole different adrenaline rushing experience. Yeah, so I think that's something that we'll definitely have on a wish list, too. With this last piece that we add to our wish list, it's going to lead into the next section, which is the chopping block about uh, which attractions we consider might have reached the end of their life at the park. So we look at some of the existing attractions and say, what could be improved upon? What could be replaced with something that could be even better. And when it comes to Splash and Safari, their mat racer slide, the Jungle Racer, does look like they could enhance it to be something even more, I don't know if it's using the same platform structure and then building more of a, a mat racer slide onto it, but 
Matt racers have come a long way since they built Jungle Racer in <laughs> 2004. Yeah. So maybe they add more enclosed sections and twists that lead into the big final drag at the end where everybody splashes down after the big race. Um, so that is something that would be rounding out our wish list as well and feeding into our chopping block, which is Jungle Racer. That Mad Racer slide. A lot of the slides there at Splash and Safari... Again, they're, they're incredible because it is such a water park, but if we did have to take one, and again, this is such a solid group, but if we did have to take one, maybe it would be the Jungle Racer, uh, which uh, could be improved upon by a, a bigger Mat Racer slide as well. Yeah, and again, I, I, like what you said, I think it's more of just improving it. Um, we would have to replace it because this park has to have a Mat Racer with all the other collections they have. So like you said, let's improve upon the concept, put something in there that would make the most sense. Um, some other concepts we've been talking about on a wish list. Um, we've got the big waves that we've talked about previously, that kind of uh, drop tower sort of wave creating machine that Zamperla has built. Um, but we've even talked about an SBF Visa spinning coaster. And I think these always have such a special heart place in your heart, Chris. Well, yeah, I've ridden a lot of them. And <laughs> <laughs> is that your number one credit, maybe? It, that your SBF uh, Visa spinners? It's a, it's a solid ride. I mean, it is something that is popping up at a lot of FECs, a lot of smaller parks as well, because it does pack a spinning coaster experience into a very compact, maybe figure eight or triple eight layout uh, to be... Uh, economical with space and cost too so that yeah. might be something that we put on a wish list too and hey they don't have a ferris wheel yet so maybe they should have ferris wheel i want to make a quick listener shout out and just tell you a brief story that uh, ryan who's a listener of the story he and i uh, rode one of these sbf visa spinners um, and we were in the back row and i don't know what happened we were spinning at just the right angle where we popped i mean it was hardcore negative airtime as we were spinning and we were like we both screamed because we just weren't expecting it. We're like, oh, we'll just do one to do it. And you're right. I mean, it could be surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's a spinning coaster that adds an element of variability to it, adding that rewrite ability. And uh, so I definitely think that's something that maybe is on the wish list as well. But now with the chopping block, DJ, there's not much because there's not much fat to be trimmed off this steak which is the Holiday World and Flash and Safari experience. We had briefly talked about Jungle Racer, and that is simply already a great slide as well, but, I mean, in a room of great slides, where do you look to make improvements? And sometimes you look about what was done back in the day and what are they doing now? I know that Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun just got a huge Matt Racer slide that had lots of twists and turns and enclosed sections on that too. So maybe that's something that they look for in replacing the Jungle Racer if they do. Um, another flat ride as well is Revolution, which is a roundup ride. Um, and that's simply because that's a, it's a pretty common flat ride. And of course, it is probably very uh, satisfactory with a lot of the guests. But if we want to grow the Holiday World experience, maybe that would involve replacing their Revolution ride as well. And what is the last one, DJ, on the chopping block? Last one we have written down is Frightful Falls. This is their log flume ride attraction that's located literally underneath the legend. Um, if you want to get some awesome um, views of the legend, uh, this is the ride to do it on. Um, however, I don't think that it's worth it still having there. I'm not sure on the ridership and the satisfaction numbers, but I will tell you that getting to it is somewhat difficult. It's even difficult to see it. I mean, it's between their Burger Shack 
in the legend, I think there's just a sign that just says Frightful Falls, and it probably, if you've never been there, induces the question of what is that? Or how do I get there? And so maybe that needs to go. I think it's honestly an ugly log flume too. It's one of those ones that are, um, the whole thing is up, if that makes sense. Like all of the troughs are up. They're not within the ground. And so it just doesn't look the greatest. Well, DJ, it comes down to, this is a park that has Splash and Safari right there. And if people want to get wet, there is a panoply of offerings. Free of charge. On, Yeah. Or included are, in your ticket, I should say. Yeah, so if you were to look at a, a log flume like Frightful Falls, it can be tough to maybe say, yeah, maybe I'll ride Frightful Falls, but I'm not in Splash and Safari right now. Maybe I'm not dressed for it. If I do want to go change and experience Splash and Safari, I'll do that. And uh, I think and, while and, we're at it, we say the same for Raging Rapids, too. I mean... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're whitewater wrapped... The Whitewater Rapids ride, uh, they generally do take a lot, a lot of labor to run that type of attraction as well. Uh, so it's not cheap compared to some other attractions. And it could open up the floor for new expansion. Who knows? So that is the chopping block right now. Again, not much that you could trim from their experience because they do have a, a pretty good handle on what they're offering. But that is the chopping block. Now, DJ. We have spoken. Before we... <laughs> Yeah, before we get to the actual timeline section of our Planet Park episode, I want to have a little bit of fun. Now, like I said, we're already having fun, but... (laughs) I was going to say, are you not having fun? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm having fun, DJ, and dear listener, I hope you're having fun, too. But if we were to add a new section to Holiday World, it would have to be a new holiday. They have Christmas, they have Thanksgiving, Halloween, Fourth of July, Independence Day, the Fourth of July. What would we add? And I know in the last year or so, there was a, an article in some business journal where uh, one of the owners had made an offhand comment about uh, birthday land, which would be if they were to expand at some point, it would be a birthday because everyone's birthday, hey, that sort of thing. And so I don't know if that was like a a real statement about their future plans. I don't know if they would really give a a statement about their future plans in a a business journal article, but it got us thinking, what holiday would they choose next, DJ? I think birthday land is a very solid way to begin thinking about that because maybe they have a, a cake stand where they hand out cake pops and, Deep fried cake? Who knows? I'm beginning to think about the food and beverage activation in the area, too. But what would be your number one holiday to expand to, DJ? I'll tell you what I want to say, and it probably won't happen because this is a park that doesn't serve alcohol. I'm not saying they couldn't do it without alcohol, and I'm not saying that they won't have alcohol in the future. Uh, For me, it's St. Patrick's Day. I think that's an obvious one. I think you have the type of people around this that part of the country that normally would celebrate St. Patrick's Day anyway, depending on their heritage and their lineage. So I think that's there. Um, I know that as far as this is kind of out there maybe, but I, I think St. Patrick is like one of the main figures of people who are engineers. So you have all these engineering colleges around, like there's Purdue um, this is the one that comes to mind. Um, maybe they can attract some people there with that. I think there could be some cool 
just fun ride concepts with that. And people like to wear green and maybe there can be, oh, pinch your family member if they're not wearing green when you go to St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. Um, I just think you have Thanksgiving. I mean, that's such an unbelievable one to me. So why couldn't we do St. Patrick's Day? I feel like Valentine's Day is a little too weird. Um, I just don't know how it would work. Um, you know, the other ones that come to mind that might work would be New Year's Eve, maybe just that celebration and maybe, hey, you know, make your resolution now or how did you accomplish it? And there's things to look forward to. Um, but, you know, I really struggle with other ones. I don't know that Easter could work. I don't know what you'd celebrate on Labor Day. Uh, maybe there's some international things to celebrate, maybe something like Boxing Day or I don't know. Something I don't different. really understand Boxing Day, DJ. Yeah, I don't, what happens I don't with that day? I, I don't either. It's a Canadian thing. So I don't know that we're that we're allowed to ask. But maybe maybe they look international. I don't know. I feel like when it comes to holidays, there's different ones where um, I see it and, and I'm like, well, that's really cool. We don't do anything that cool. <laughs> and so it's like, maybe we should do that. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many incredible holidays out there that aren't necessarily federal holidays. Yes. And I think that's where yes. a lot of times, now of course Halloween isn't, but a lot of times the big holidays that we think about in this area are for the federal holidays when the banks are closed and the, the government's closed. So that's what we have put at the top of our list. But there are so many holidays out there from all the cultures in the area that I have to wonder, would they expand into something like Lunar New Year even because there's yeah. so much great stuff they could do there. Uh, Disney California Adventure has a pretty nice celebration uh, with that. They have a whole festival, lots of different food and entertainment options there. And so I think that there's a lot out there that they could work with. What do I think is most likely? I would probably say Birthday Land. Not just because of that comment that the owner gave, but... I think that, I mean, it'd be fun to serve fried cake on a stick and have a, a big birthday coaster, something like that. <laughs> I think St. Patrick's Day, go all out Irish, alcohol. I think that's the way to go. Incorporate something about a snake. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, we get a toboggan coaster. Some leprechauns. It's, yeah. You have, you have Notre Dame, too. <laughs> Notre Dame's close by. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say it, I mean, maybe there are other Irish people in the area, people of Irish heritage. I don't know. But, hmm. Sure there are. I mean, Chicago's decently close by. So I feel like everybody's in Chicago. Yeah, I think that we could Germans go round and area. round. A lot of Germans. We could go round and round talking about a new land for holiday world. And I think that just speaks to how exciting... A concept this is mm. to we now, turn a holiday. We now have a Twitter poll for this episode as well. We've you just, put it out on Twitter. I'm saying we have one now when we need it. I mean, this we might have already okay. put the poll out by the time this episode's published, but yeah. So we will throw it out to you, dear listener, to tell us what land do you think would really make sense next for a holiday world. No, scratch that. It doesn't have to make sense. It's what <laughs> you want. <laughs> That's right. So well, let's jump to yeah. our five-year plan then. What would we do if we were given control? And we need to mention, of course, as we do always, uh, what's happening this year or if we're close to the next year. But we are in 2022. We can't do anything major because we know what's happening. And that's a retract legend. It's been seven years since the last coaster, however. Two years since the last water park edition. I've not been on any of these wooden coasters since 2009. They were all smooth, in my opinion. I'm not someone who gets on a wooden coaster and says... Oh, that was terrible. I mean, I, I even liked Grizzly and, and Timberwolf, so bef before any of those had work done to them. 
Yeah, so it's great that they're continuing to improve and enhance their wooden coaster experience. Uh, but 22 is spoken for, so that is not going to be the beginning of our five-year plan. 2023. Now it is eight years since the last coaster, three years since the last water park edition, which was a water coaster in Cheetah Chase. What do you think we should do, JJ, if we are considering their history? They had Thunderbird in 2015, and then nine years before that, they had The Voyage. So do we wait nine years before adding another and then go and say 2024 is when we add our next coaster? Or do we go earlier? What do you think? I think maybe stay conservative on the cash, maybe. My mind is going to let's go ahead and just redo Jungle Racer, make it into the world's longest mat racing slide, get an easy record, something that's easy to talk about PR terms, um, give it the same spirit, still call it the Jungle Racer, don't even change the name. Maybe even do the same color scheme or something very similar, bringing homage back to the Jungle Racer. You can even have a little story about the Jungle Racer was our original mat slide that was blah, blah, blah. Um, but really have an awesome mat slide and maybe the best one in the country. Uh, really tall, lots of enclosed sections, um, and and just some awesome airtime towards the end. And for the love of all that is everything, <laughs> get a working scoreboard. Let's see who wins. Let's see actual times on these lanes so we know how fast Dad was, how fast our friend was, how fast our sister was. Uh, so that we know for sure that my time was this and I beat you by this many tenths of a second. Off my soapbox. Do other, do other Matt Racer slides have scoreboards? Uh, just the one that was my home water park at Whitewater had one. But it, nev- it oh, never nice. worked. Never worked. Yeah, full scoreboard. Oh, well, well, we can figure that out. Yeah. We'll put our engineers on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a really good 2023 edition. The only thing I would add to that is we start pushing dirt around on the other side of the park. Yes. Get people thinking, saying, yes. oh, what's going on over there? Yes. Yes, it's another another point. We have our sort of our tour of this ride, and, oh, yeah, we're really excited to have this ride. But, you know, always someone says, well, what's going on over there? Oh, you know, we don't know. We're building a churro stand. <laughs> so, yeah, that construction near Thunderbird is happening. Um, dirt is moving. Surveyors are there. Excavating is happening. We see a cement truck or two every now and again, and plenty of flags. Yeah, yeah, lots of construction flags out there. The year is now, 2024. Nine years since Thunderbird. I think we are ripe to add the next coaster, DJ. And now with this, we have a couple ways that we could go. Do we want to make it a bridge coaster between Howler and the Raven? Or do we want to just go ham and put out this big thing that's going to be incredible? What are you thinking? This is hard because we have some more years ahead of us. Um you know, in my mind, I always want biggest, best. That's what I want as an enthusiast. However, I've seen the opening of Icebreaker recently, and I've realized, oh, you know, you don't have to be the biggest and best. You can just have a solid, smooth ride that the whole family can enjoy. Um, what if, and hear me out, um, I think my mind is going towards a Mac mock power splash, um, but perhaps the tallest that's ever been created. Wow. Okay. Why? Um, this is someone who rode Pilgrim's Plunge. I, that's probably one of my bigger things I talk about. Like, what's your fun fact? It's either that or Universal Singapore. Um, and it, Go off. And it, yeah. It, 
It just sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was what? just it just it was a bad experience. The most entertaining part of the entire ride was the elevator ride up, just because there was nothing around you. Um, the drop wasn't intense. Um, I equate it to a week launch, like a week mock launch or a week premiere launch. Um, it was just that you were tall. I mean, you got up there, and the way the boats were, you didn't really feel like you were taught you were high. I mean, you did going up the elevator, but um, so I don't think they have that that water experience that they had before. So maybe you know we dropped the log flume and we replaced it with perhaps the biggest power splash in this um, Pilgrim's Plunge Giraffica uh, ride that was there. Um, I mean, we've got the infrastructure. The buildings are still there, I believe. Um, even some of the cement's still there. Um, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts, of course. Um, but to me, that's how you get a good bridge coaster. You still get a record. Um, I, I think that's the way to go. I think the only other way is, and, and tell me what you think, is, is, is really just going, like you said, going ham. Um, but if we go ham, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Are we trying to break a record or are we just trying to have a really solid ride? Yeah, and I think that a lot of parks need to strike a balance when they do that. Are you saying that in 2023 we should also remove Frightful Falls? Yeah, I think I think we would have to. Or you could remove it in 2024. Just say, 2023 is your last chance, and then while 2024 has the ride open, you just close it in 2024 and remove it then. You can do it at the same time. Uh, let's save some money and remove Frightful Falls in 23. Uh, in 2022, though, let's make that the last year for Jungle Racer. But it sounds like you're fine with the Power Splash in 24, record-breaking? I am. You've talked me into it. Initially, I was like, wow, that's really expensive. And it might be, but again, it's been nine years, so maybe this is something that is in line with the next big thrill for Holiday World and Splash and Safari. This would be in the hard park. It wouldn't be a part of Splash and Safari because it would be in the area that is formerly occupied by Giraffica in Pilgrim's Plunge. But they would let folks do both. I do remember that. Yeah. There were people that were yeah. come straight in their swimming trunks, and then we were just in our normal outfits. Well, because it is near that entrance to Splash and Safari underneath the lift mm -hmm. for the voyage. Right. So in that location-wise, it's good. I mean, that's why they probably originally built some of the water park consulate, as I like to say, um, on the other side of the voyage there, uh, because it was already next to Giraffica as well. So I think that a power splash would make a lot of sense. We'll go for a record. That will be something that we can market, really, and say, look at this. It's big, and it's going to do a big yeah, splash. The, You're the welcome. tallest... I don't know, double spike launched water. <laughs> Keep inserting superlatives. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of like, hmm, it's sort of like a water coaster, but, uh, like, I mean, it's funny that we have the name water coaster that can be both a water slide-like thing with right. a raft that is propelled upwards or it could also be something that is more like a steel coaster, but it does have big splash elements as well. Now, Premier so called there's the liquid have... coaster to differentiate oh, it even first, further. Yeah, that was the log okay. flume, get on a physical track version. I don't know if we'd call it a water coaster because we already do have so many water coasters in the park. We would call it a power splash, maybe. And we'd give it some fun name. Now, here's the question now. Mm. Would this be 
in Thanksgiving, or would this be somewhere else? I think Thanksgiving. We already know where it is. I think Thanksgiving, because if you keep going further, you're at Thunderbird, if you're on that same path. I think you just what, find the, what a way to... What do you call to... it? The gravy boat? <laughs> I think you just somehow find some theme that just works. I mean, call it the Potomac whatever. I don't know. Plymouth Plunge. Yeah. No, it's too, too close. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could find it. I just think... For me, when they renamed Pilgrim's Plunge to Giraffica, I immediately said, why? That's, that's strange, but okay, go off, go off. I don't, yeah, I don't I work think there. What, so. I think what they were trying to do there is make it more of a part of Splash and Safari. And that is why they did have Hyena Falls around that area too. And maybe that was something philosophical that they were trying to do. Uh, I don't think anyone was, cared. I'm sorry to be blunt, but... I don't know. I don't know that the average guess is like, oh, now it's in Splash and Safari. I feel like they're just like, oh, there's that same tall thing. Let's go do it. Yeah, well, it's not there now, and there is something that we can do with that space now. So I think a Power Splash in 24 is something that would make a lot of sense because it's still a water ride, but it'll have those steel thrills too. So I think that is a solid 2024. Now, if I had to guess for 25, I'm going to say that you, Chris, want to put in a flat ride. Yes, I do. And let me look. <laughs> How did you know? I just knew oh, it. We've been doing this for too long, if you know my <laughs> tendencies. Uh, I'm going to have to surprise you sometime, though. Let's see. Where can we add stuff? I don't think that the Power Splash would take up as much room as the existing trough for Giraffica. So there is that space behind the large Q building. Maybe that is where we add something else. Maybe we look to where they have the former Hyena Falls, where they do have that uh, bathhouse that is still constructed nearby, and there is a path to get there. That's where I that thought. You've already would, got power running there probably, too. Yeah. And the path would go right next to their big power splash so that people could look at it from all different angles. And then... We add a, a big flat ride. I assume it's going to be a big flat ride. It's something fancy, something flashy, DJ. That's what we need to do for this. Now, what flat ride are you thinking? Um, I'm partial to the screaming swing, um, only because I've actually never done a frisbee. I've always been afraid that I'd get deathly ill, <laughs> so um, I've stayed away from them. But um, so I can't really comment on the frisbee experience. I mean, I've done the half-pipe Zamperla scooter-style frisbee disc thing, um, which I've been told is... The disco. A, the disco, which I've been told is a similar experience. Um, but I look at the at that, and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> the, the swinging motion, which is comparable to the screaming swing with the spin, I think is too much for me personally. Okay, I think we should do a screaming swing, because that's a way to just get pure airtime, pure... Positive and negative G's there. Uh, yeah, and I wonder if you could just, play off the Thunderbird theme. Obviously not name it the same thing, but... Yeah, they just broke the record for the tallest Scream and Swing with what is soon going to open at SeaWorld San Antonio. So... You just bump it I up five more we, feet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's maybe, what they do. I mean... Maybe. Yeah, yeah so let's say Scream and Swing in 2025... Uh, Can I add? Is that, that a wrap on that year? Or what? I just want to add that that area that we're talking about adding to, it would just be insanely easy to build. It is so flat on that side of the park. 
Yeah, they definitely have room to expand, and it it means it's going to be a bright future for Holiday World and Splash and Safari. It's not like where we had our previous Planet Park of Knott's Berry Farm, where (laughs) they have uh, pretty much spent all the land that they have, and if they're going to add something, they're going to have to remove something. That's right. And this is a different area where they do have undeveloped land that's well-graded nearby that they can work with. So, yeah, I think adding a Scream and Swing... Maybe it is not parallel with the Power Splash, but its arc goes towards the big splash. It's not going to touch it, of course, but where it's sort of like, whoa, they got close there, something like that. Yeah, I wonder if you could even add like a Maverick-esque water effect, too, or some water bombs as it swings high. I don't know. Yeah, what's an what's a animal in hmm. the jungle? that goes hippo. They do like the the thing where they submerge their noses and then they come up and blow water up. I was thinking a crane, if you've ever seen one, swoop down and get the fish and swoop back up. Oh. I like the way you're thinking, DJ. It's going to be crane-themed. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I. It could be crane-themed. It could be anything. But I just think... It might be a bit much for this park to jump into a giant frisbee when their two wild rides are considered the double space shot in the swinging in the swinging ship. So that's just a thought there. Now we're in 2026. Hmm, what do we do here? Uh, you know, my mind goes towards refreshing the Christmas family flat rides. Um, that's actually where I was thinking too. With, now this with is some not a cheap, a great looking this is not stuff. a cheap edition. No, this would yeah. be still. I mean, what? Five to ten million? Yeah, I mean, we this would not be cheap by any means, but it would be updating a lot of the rides in Christmas. And this is right there at the entrance of the park. A lot of these rides have been there for a while, and of course there is nostalgia tied up in them. Maybe we keep one or two of them. Or even just keep the same name. I mean, like, you know, it's a similar experience to this, so we're going to call it this. And for the diehards out there, we can have some sort of plaque in front that said, this was the original blah, blah, blah. Um, but I found with newer flat ride areas, and you might feel the same way, they're much quieter than older flat rides, too. Yeah. It's like a Kitty Kingdom at Cedar Point. I don't know why they give the vehicles horns <laughs> so you can honk while you're riding, but they do. And when You've the kid's riding, <laughs> they're just going to honk nonstop. Well, I've <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've spent some time having to walk through Kitty Kingdom for a while, and it can get pretty tedious <laughs> to just hear that honking nonstop. But yes, so that's 26. We add that flat ride package. A lot of uh, the smaller flat rides, similar to what uh, Cedar Fair has done with a lot of Planet Snoopy expansions. Uh, but again, Hershen has done that too with the County Fair at Dollywood and the Grand Exposition in Silver Dollar City. Mm -hmm. So I think that is definitely something that could be done. Uh, Zamperla seems to be pretty good at selling their flat rides as a package. And yeah. They theme their stuff pretty well too, I think. Yeah, it looked nice. We'd maybe, hey, it's Rudolph's Roundup, something like that. (laughs) There are tons of puns that we could come up with. Hmm? Woody's Roundup. Come on, it's time to play. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's tons of puns and onomatopoeia that we could work with there. Uh, but yeah, so that is 2026. I think that year is a wrap. 27. Now again, we've been added a lot 
especially considering what their edition calendar, their big capital calendar has looked like over the past decade. Uh, we've added a big slide complex. We've added a water roller coaster ish thing. We've added a scream and swing flat ride. We've added a flat ride package. I want to go beyond five years, DJ, because I think in 2027, they need some room to rest and regroup. I think that's fair. Um, this could maybe be the marketing rebrand we talked about. Not changing the name of the park, nothing like that. Maybe it's just a new focus on a new logo or something like that, or just a, a refresh, a, a new font package maybe. Uh, just bringing in a group to say, do some focus testing, see what people like, look at some different logo concepts. Just refresh the brand. We're not losing Holodog. We're not changing the name. We're not changing the lands. Um, but really just giving it a, a good 2027 <laughs> refresh, whatever that looks like. Yeah. yeah, who knows what the best practices are going to look like for marketing and brand activation. New slogan, maybe, <laughs> even. Some of the years. Something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, maybe they rename it Santa Claus Land. Ooh. Kidding, kidding. No, don't do that. You have holidays there that are more than Christmas. I get what you're saying. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay. So we jump into 2028. Is this our last year? I think we should make this our last okay. year. Uh, I want to, again, I want to sort of be unrealistic. I, I know this is a lot of spending. Yeah. Let's go. I know this is a lot of money, <laughs> but I think that we should add a Vacoma family boomerang. I think that's fair. Now... You said you wanted, did you just say you wanted to be unrealistic or you want to be realistic? I think this is unrealistic to okay. add this much okay, okay. in this amount of time. So if, if that's what we're doing, hear me out, give it sort of a Terran treatment where you have some sort of intense roller coaster that the family boomerang is inside of. Which coaster? What's the one at, um... Where, where Terran's at. There's a family boomerang in the middle of Terran that they added. Yeah, but which coaster are we going to be intertwining between? Surely you're not going to add two I, coasters in one year, I DJ. Was, well, you said you're going to be unrealistic. I was thinking, let's go say, Let's go for the, for the Vacoma looping whatever. I'm saying adding a Vacoma family boomerang in this six-year period okay. would be too much spending. Okay, that's fair. That, that's fair. That's fair. Paul Revere-themed? Oh, how about that? <laughs> I think that's a golden ticket idea right there. Paul Revere Paul theme. Paul Revere's Midnight Rider. Yes. And I believe that's what the old octopus was called. I believe it was called Paul Revere's Midnight Ride. Really? Can you imagine going okay. backwards and then you come through the station? The British are coming! The British are coming! Some sort of sound effect as you rush out with some fog as you go straight through the station. <laughs> Some some yeah. galloping noises down on the path. I think that's it. I think you've done it. Okay. Now let me look at the satellite with a, image. With a pretty where that goes. just all black track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I love about their Independence Day area, their Fourth of July area, it's so much more heavily wooded yes. than Thanksgiving. Yes. And I think that is something that we should do. Well, we should and plant more trees. That's natural because I believe Thanksgiving was a farm that they had purchased. Yeah, and I think that, again, when you plant trees in an area, that's an investment for future generations to enjoy. Uh, we're not going to enjoy that shade for a while when you put those in, but that's how you get shade mm -hmm. long term mm -hmm. is old growth trees. So I think 
I mean, every year we should probably try to plant more trees to get more shade in the different areas of the park. Uh, but looking at 4th of July area, oh, you know what? What about behind the carousel there? I actually had my eyes on something else. Something that was added to our chopping block. Oh, Raging Rapids, yeah. Raging Rapids yes. and Boulder Canyon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are rides that are labor-intensive to run. And I think that, I mean, we have Splash and Safari right there. We already added a power splash. And, si I you know, Sister's going to go ride Voyage, um, but I'm going to be a big boy, and I'm going to ride Paul Revere's Midnight Ride right beside yes. it. Yes. So let's say 27, we remove Raging Rapids. I think that's right. As part of our rebrand and focus on the family, yes. Yeah, I mean... We get rid of that attraction, and in that same space, in 4th of July, we add Paul Revere's Midnight Rider. The British are coming! The British are coming! And we, yeah, and we yeah. really use this budget to really just make it more than just a coaster. I mean, we add effects, we add a variety of different things to increase not only the rider experience, but also increase uh, the guest experience for those that don't want to ride. Yeah, to really... I wouldn't quite call it a Liberty Square area, but maybe that's what we move towards, where the buildings that we add in this time frame in the 4th of July area are colonial, and they are maybe even vaguely Tudor style. I know that that's not really revolutionary, but it evokes olden times, that sort of thing. Um, so I think that that is something that we should consider there. Uh... Paul Revere's Midnight Rider replacing Raging Rapids in 2028. And there we have it. That is our plan. What originally was our five-year plan turned into our six-year plan for Holiday World. As we've done with all of these planet parks, let's quickly go down the list and see what we've added, see what's been done this year, and see where we went. Again, starting in 2022, the retract legend that's happening right now. We can't change it. It needed to probably happen as well. Um, but what we're going to do, dear listener, is announcing this will be the last year of the Jungle Racer, the Mat Racer, in Splash and Safari. In 2023, we will replace the Jungle Racer with the world's longest Mat Racer slide. It, we can still call it something similar to Jungle Racer, but it will have enclosed sections, it will have some airtime here and there, and it will have a scoreboard at the end so that people can see who arrived first down the chute and uh, who didn't. Sponsored by Formula bets. One Racing. <laughs> I was going to say sponsored by FanDuel. <laughs> <Or> IndyCar. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, that would also be... The year in 2023, we would remove Frightful Falls to refocus our efforts in water-involved attractions, but we'd also begin some construction mm -hmm. happening near Thunderbird around the former Jurafica area. The construction flags are out, excavating's happening, cement's being poured, because in 2024, we open the Mock Power Splash in the Jurafica Pilgrim's Plunge area, 
We're gonna call it Plymouth Plunge, and we're going for the record. Uh, this would most likely be the tallest double launching water coaster something, uh, but we gotta get that record. This also serves as a fantastic bridge coaster though, something with height, uh, but no inversions, uh, something with a low height requirement, and something that's going to get not only the entire family wet when riding, but also offer those areas where uh, guests can go up close to the ride and themselves get extremely wet from the splash it produces. Exactly. So that's 24. In 25, we're going to continue to develop that area by adding a scream and swing, which is uh, that famous flat ride from SNS. It's a swing, but it's enormous, and there's a ton of airtime. It's going to be replacing the area near the former Hyena Falls, which would be pretty close to uh, Plymouth Plunge as well there, too. So really adding a lot of new capital in that area in Thanksgiving. Yeah, something themed to the American crane or something similar. 2026, uh, we do something that might upset the purists, but it needs to be done. We're talking about uh, better technology, better capacity, higher reliability and satisfaction. Um, we say bye to many, if not all, of the Christmas flat rides. Replace them with a new Zamperla package. We'll rename some things. We'll keep some names around. We'll pay homage to the original idea of this land, but uh, do something similar to what uh, Dollywood has done, Silver Dollar City has done, and really give this... A, a nice package to this area that would have some great rides and produce even better memories than what they did before. In 2027, we will regroup because we have been spending a lot of money. <laughs> I think at this point we will have seen a, a large return from what we've been adding because we have been careful with what we're adding. Of course, now we in this thought exercise that we're doing right now, we have not done the focus testing and the uh, planning that would have to go into something like this in the real world. Uh, but let's say that we have a pretty good return and we decide that it's time to refresh our brand, revisit some of our logos and what it looks like to have a Holiday World ticket in your hand. We'll rethink some of that, maybe rework it to update it for the current decade, because uh, it is 2027 now, and refresh the experience to try to make it even better. This will also be the last year of Raging Rapids, their Whitewater Rapids raft ride. Because in 2027, during this whole brand refresh, this regroup, we announced that we're really all about the family experience, the Holiday World. We want to keep investing in our guests and so we announced that something big is coming in 2028, which is a Vekoma family boomerang, Paul Revere's Midnight Rider, uh, in the former Raging Rapids area. We're using some of the existing foliage and some of the theming in there, uh, but something that really focuses on getting the whole family on the same ride and really putting money uh, and investment into the rider experience as well as the guest experience with lighting effects, sound effects, fog effects, Environmental effects, you name it, it's going to be on this ride and it will have its own I'm a Score soundtrack. I think that's going to be a really nice addition to the 4th of July area, and that is our six-year plan. Wow, all the way to 2028, we have got it figured out. So that is our plan of park for Holiday World and Splash and Safari. DJ, I think... Now, like, when we think of our Bush Gardens Williamsburg Planet Park, we spent some money there. Uh, we sort of... Kings Island. I, I wouldn't that say it got one. away from us. <laughs> yeah, Kings Island, we spent some money, too. <laughs> and I think that we did spend a lot here. Again, we're not talking about specific dollar figures, but it's a lot of effort to add all the things that we did put in that six-year plan. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily know if we'd see everything come to fruition there, but I think this is a really nice map on moving forward with Holiday World from our perspective. I completely agree with you. I like where this ended up. 
Uh, there were some surprises in there. And again, there's always a moment when we do these where we don't talk about something originally. And then as we're recording, we say, oh, why didn't we think of that? And then it happens. So that happened as well. Actionheim. <laughs> exactly. <And> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that happened. And so I'm happy that it can, uh, that, that we talked about it. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, so we will be filing permits tomorrow morning, um, <laughs> and we'll get some shovels, and we'll start breaking ground on all that. Kidding. Kidding. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, DJ, we're going to have to keep track of all of the additions that we put forth in all of our various planet parks around the country, because... Pretty soon, some of these might be coming to fruition. I know that we talked a lot about a new restaurant concept for Knott's Berry Farm, specifically Chipotle-style, sort of Tex-Mex, fresh, that sort of thing. And while they didn't go with that genre of restaurant, they did just announce a new restaurant right next to their Knott's Berry Tales attraction over in the boardwalk section of the park, which is going to be pizza and other Italian food. So I think that... We get partial credit for that, if I may say so myself. <laughs> and who knows in the future? They may add um, the other ideas that we have. And we're just going to have to keep track of that and send our invoices where they need to go for all consulting, that sort of thing. Uh, but this has been a fun Planet Park, DJ, to consider Holiday World and Splash and Safari. And I'd like to thank you, DJ, for being a part of it. And I'd like to thank you, dear listener, for joining us on this journey. Yes, we appreciate you sticking around. Um, chances are, if you've made it this far into the podcast, um, you do enjoy it. If you're not already a subscriber or a follower, we would encourage you to do that now. Uh, it's all free to do. Uh, please take advantage of that. That way that when we have a new episode, it comes up in your queue. You don't have to watch it right away, but you'll know what episodes you've missed. It's the best way to do that. And the best way to help out the podcast, uh, other than doing that, is to write a review. So whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcast, be sure to leave a review. If it's on Apple, give us a five-star review. Uh, we'll read those reviews out loud on the show. We've done it before. Go back. We promise we do it. Uh, we'll give the author a heartfelt shout-out on the show, uh, and we'll appreciate you for doing that. Um, but you can also send us a question. Um, we want to have a corkscrew conversation with you. So if it's a question about Holiday World, if it's a comment about our Planet Park, if it's a question about the podcast or the guests that we've had or even guest recommendations, be sure to reach out to us on social media. You can DM, DM us on really any of the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, Facebook might be a dying art. Who knows? But we even have an email, corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. And, of course, there is a website, corkscrewconvos.com. Dot com. I can't believe I got that URL. Yeah, it was great for you to scoop that up because we, uh, we're having a lot of fun with this podcast, DJ, and I am glad that we have the listeners here with us. But until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.